General Nerdery. Welcome to General Nerdery, a podcast about liking things. Oh, so many things. Oh, so many things. We're your generals. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And we are here with a short episode today because, well, we're doing two episodes this week and that's a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> but that means you guys get an episode rather than having to wait for like a month. Yeah, we didn't really want to do too much of a pause. Uh, it's also going to be interesting because we haven't formalized how we're going to review movies yet. But yep. this is a live and learn experience. And on that note, we will be reviewing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker today. And it's going to get spoilery because otherwise I don't think we'd be able to talk about some of the things that we should probably want to touch on. I got some feelings. You have feelings. I have thoughts. I have feelings. I'm not going to lie. Like, Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, but just as you know, that note, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yet, this might not be the episode for you. Fair warning. Uh, we're also going to skip the news today because, again, as we said, two episodes in a week. There's just not too much new to show off yet. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the biggest news is that the Rise, Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker premiered, so... I feel like we're kind of giving you the news. <laughs> also, the news is, is that we both got to go see it. Because mm-hmm. I was honestly expecting not to see it till next week. Yeah, I wasn't planning to see it till later this week. And then my friend was like, hey, do you want to go see it tonight? I have tickets I can't use. So guess what we fucking did? Yeah, I... We got wine drunk in a movie theater. <laughs> that's really... That's awesome. Yeah, for me, I just... I had a really productive Saturday, and I got a lot of shit done, and I was feeling good and wanted to reward myself, and I was like, well, it's not much of a reward if I have to deal with, like, too big of a crowd, so I'm going to take a look at the screenings on the fucking AMC app, and I was like, there's a decent amount of people there, because there's going to be, Oh yeah. but it wasn't too bad, and I'm like, okay, treat myself, woo. See, I did not realize how spoiled I got when we finally got a movie theater that had, like, select your own seats until I went to these and it was first come, first serve, do your fucking best. Mm-hmm. And showed up, like, two hours early at the movie theater. Thank God for Nintendo Switches, by the way. Just, <laughs> I played Fire Emblem. I don't even care. Uh, so, I guess, first off, I, I've already seen a couple of your posts regarding it, so... How much did you love it? <laughs> you know, I've, I've been thinking about this for two days. I've been talking with Cece about this for two days. Three days. Whatever. For days. I loved it, and I agree with every criticism I have heard about it at the same time. Like, if you want to look at it as a just standalone movie, like it, showing off the movie art, it's not that great. But when it comes to making me feel my feelings about these characters that I have watched for as long as I can remember, I felt so many fucking feelings, man. So it's really back and forth. I really liked it. I acknowledge that it is not a great movie on its own standing. That's that's probably pretty accurate for about what I feel, too. The way I was going to describe it was, uh, and this is just a really weird analogy, but earlier this year, I went and saw... Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters. The Being, Tarantino one. Right, because I'm a big Tarantino fan. And my first thought immediately coming out of this movie was, I liked this movie, but it's never going to be my favorite Tarantino movie. Fair enough, yeah. I even, I more than liked it, but it's never going to be my favorite Tarantino movie. So, I came out of this being like, I really liked the Star Wars movie, but there's enough little things in it that I brushed up against 
that it's never going to be my favorite Star what Wars movie. What is your favorite Star Wars movie? I don't actually know the Empire. answer to this. Empire? Actually, that's one of the interesting things is getting to watch this movie has finalized my list. I can, at least for the Skywalker saga, I can make my way up from nine to one. Two, one, three, uh, probably Force Awakens, Jedi, New Hope, other Jedi, so Return of the Jedi... This is really funny because your list is really close to mine. And then Empire. Return of the Jedi was my favorite as a kid, especially because I enjoyed the Ewoks, you know, because mm-hmm. I was six and watched Ewok Adventure as well. So, I, like, anytime I watch it, I get that same, like, little kid joy that none of the others quite give me. But Empire really is the best designed of all of those films. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Mine would be two, three, one. That's fair. Um, One's biggest flaw was it was boring. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Two, three, one. You can say seven. That. Yeah. Six. This one. Uh, that might tweak for me where it sits in this trilogy, but this is the new exciting one. So. This one, New Hope. So I can return. Last Jedi. Oh, last. Okay, yeah. And then Empire. Last Jedi is my second favorite. That's fair. Last Jedi, I thought, was a lot of fun and an underrated film. So, I mean, it's it's high middle. Yeah, it's it's fun. Let's see. Do we want? Or was get... it exact middle? I, mean, I don't gonna... know. <laughs> uh, sorry, as we said, we've never done a star or a movie review before, so we're still kind of figuring this out. What do you want to give a quick breakdown of what happens in this movie? Just like the like three sentence blurb. Three. Se- oh, it Jesus. doesn't have to be three sentences. Just <laughs> uh, three. Uh, well, okay. Short blurb. Oh God. Palpatine uh, has returned. Right, and obviously they have to stop that shit, especially because he's returned with the most massive fleet ever. Oh God, the fucking uh, all the old school star destroyers popping up, and like they were, you always knew they were intimidating in the first one or in the first trilogy. So watching <clears throat> them, seeing like a hundred of them on screen. Up close, not just like little dots in the background like they kind of were in Je- uh, Return of the Jedi. It's just, holy shit, so fucking cool. And that happens. And Rey's been training under Leia, but she's like, look, I gotta go stop this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kylo Ren's doing his own douchey Kylo Ren thing. And adventure ensues. Yeah, they're both after artifacts. Artifact chasing ensues. Paths cross. Leading to... Oh, we already mentioned, we already said spoilers. So, yeah. leading to the revelation that Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. Okay, we're going to talk about that. But first, question How did you think the uh, inserted Leia footage worked? Ooh, that kept me from feeling more feelings in that, those scenes. Yeah. I thought it was really, everything around her was clunky. And uh, it was the only time I feel like I wish they would have used her less. I. I was real back and forth on it because, like, it was really obvious that this was not someone sitting in. They, Even they the... weren't actually interacting with Leia, and I never really kind of bought that. But I also understand of. I feel like the dialogue could have took another couple run-throughs too. Infinite fucking credit to J.J. Abrams for basically figuring out how to use Leia, but just what little they had of Leia. Oh no! In, I instead of this was supposed to be Leia's fucking movie, like. J.J., in his relation to the Star Wars movies, has been handed three impossible tasks. 
he had to restart a trilogy. And then with this movie, he had to finish a saga without Leia. Yeah. I also, because I, that's all from, like, unused Force Awakens footage. I want to see the scene that they stole that from in, like, its original context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just oh, super that's curious. That's a really good like, point. What, what scene were you doing that you managed to get all of this from? That's actually really impressive. That's one of, yeah. But that, I wanted to feel more feelings during those scenes, but the clunkiness. When she died, I felt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, at this point, we'd had a couple glasses of wine, but me and Cece were both just sitting there in the theater, like, holding hands and doing the, like, death grip handhold, and just just crying. We were both just sobbing, because uh, it brought back... I mean, as I've mentioned before, I have Princess Leia tattooed on my fucking leg. Mm-hmm. I am... I always liked Carrie Fisher, and then I met old lady Carrie Fisher and understood why... Like, how much I really loved Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia and all everything that entails. So one of the... I'll bring it up now because it kind of ties in just yeah, yeah. to raise training. One of the things that I loved about this movie that's marred a little bit in the final act, but I'll, I'll talk about that when we start talking about shit later in the mm-hmm. movie, but is this is finally the movie that gave me Old Republic power levels. Yeah, we saw some shit that even Old Republic stuff is... Holy fuck, man. <laughs> well, we got to see fucking Life Drain. Yeah. The, the I Life played... Drain, the healing, a lot of stuff that they've done before. We've seen a lot of that. Sorry, you were saying you played. Well, because I love playing Force users, and it's always way more fun to go Dark Side Force user and Coder. Ah, uh, man. I mean, I, would, I played a bunch of Old Republic. I had one of both, and I was way better at playing the good guy. I can't play bad guys in video games. <laughs> except for Grand Theft Auto, but that's... Different. Um... We're playing a Star Wars campaign, like tabletop campaign right now, and I just started being able to get to a place where I can use Force Jump, and you can use that skill for fucking everything. (laughs) But, yeah, we got to see crazy Force ability, stuff that we knew existed for nerds like us that read the comics and the books and the whatevers, but it was really cool to see it on the big screen. I still haven't allowed myself to read too many of the criticisms of this this movie yet. Have you have you seen what people are saying about the power levels? Uh, I actively have decided that I don't really feel like reading criticisms on this one. I'm or, actually just really curious to see what people are saying mostly, but probably people being like, "Oh, who knew she was that powerful?" and other people being like, "Well, actually, we did see these four skills here, here." You know what you and I were just doing. I'm see, and that's the thing. Like, I love that I got to see it. I wish we were given some sort of explanation why it's just now that we're seeing this again. Yeah, I. And I think you could kind of hand wave it away with there being so little now of both sides, and so they're channeling all the ancestors, and so they. It's like the the ninja theory. You have a ton of ninjas, and they're super easy beaten, but one ninja is invincible. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see that. You could hand wave it away with that, but I don't think that's what's going on. I get it. The Force, how the, the, the rules of the Force in every Star Wars movie has never quite made sense. Just, here's a new skill. Okay, don't question it. Fucking roll with it. Uh, it is possible because they are down to so few fucking Force users at this point. Here. Hmm. Tie it to the child. To the child? Kind of like how in, uh... Oh, Yoda... 
child, yeah. not Yoda. The, yeah, Baby the, Yoda. The child is a better name for that. Baby Yoda drives me up a wall. Like, I love Baby Yoda, but calling it Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. The well-actually nerd in my soul just dies a little bit. But kind of like how in uh, Song Ice and Fire, the magic has gotten stronger because the dragons have returned to the land. So you're saying that Yoda was Yoda was fucking of Star Wars. Yeah, Yoda was fucking old and shit. So the fucking the force had waned with his age. Great head cannon. Let's roll with this. And now we have a young one, and so it's getting as he's maturing. A juvenile, fifty years old. Back to Skywalker. I think one. I feel like with the way the Last Jedi went, it we need like four. We needed four movies. Because Last Jedi is great, I still really stand by it, but it it left so many things that needed to be answered that trying to answer it all in one movie felt really rushed. And I was really disappointed that, what was her name, Rose? Oh yeah, Rose Tico. She was real underused in this movie. I, I really thought that we were going to see way more of her when we were back at, where was that base at? Did they I say don't know, th- but the probably not Yavin. And way less a Hobbit boy. Yeah, I saw that they used Pippin. They could have given most of their lines to, his lines to her. And it was fun to see Pippin, but, uh, fucking, there, there wasn't, I still can't tell you. It's kind of like, it's fun to say, it's fun to see Greg Grunberg. Yeah. But uh, you also could have probably given most of his lines to Rose Tico and it would have made more sense. Well, and they had, you know, she kissed. Finn in the second one and then they were just kind of like side buddies. Yeah. Whatever. In this one, which I, that happens. I understand. Everyone's in love with Finn in these fucking movies. There's a real argument for Ray, for obviously Rose. Stormtrooper girl was flirting with him. Poe flirts with him non-fucking-stop. I was about to say the best fucking chemistry in this entire trilogy is Finn and Poe. I just wanted a giant polyamorous everyone that flirted with Finn relationship. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm I'm totally on board for the Finn and Poe ship. Especially in this movie. What the fuck? How they, were they not a couple? They flirted real hard in this movie. And I mean, I got my best friend that I flirt with, but like, they flirted. It was really nice to see Finn get to be something other than scared. Hmm. Like, he, yeah. we got two movies, and it made sense of where he was and what he was, of Finn, who was just on the run, Finn, who was kind of trying to make a choice of who he was going to be, and this time we got to see who Finn is, and kind of how the people around him helped shape who he is. Like, if you watch, you see a lot of Poe and Ray in this, in Finn, in this movie. So this was one of the things that I was kind of, ho- I knew it wasn't going to happen, like, deep down in my heart but i was kind of hoping was going to happen and more ties into like if this wasn't the last one if there was another four in the skywalker saga maybe somebody would do it right i will get to that (laughs) okay anyway sorry go on we'll we'll get there (laughs) i was really hoping that this was going to be the surprise return of um brienne of tarth Oh, more Captain Phasma. I thought for sure that... I thought it was a great opening to bring her back when before she quote-unquote died in The Last Jedi, the fact that they actually showed her eye through the cracked armor Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, okay, so bring her back as someone just coming after them and targeting Finn minus the helmet. Oh, yeah. But then you see the scar. That would work. Yeah, I thought Phasma never got quite enough to do. Mm -hmm. Part of me was like, we were expecting her to be the new Boba Fett, but if you look at it, Boba Fett doesn't do shit and is useless in most of the Star Wars, the original trilogy movies, as much as I love Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. But I think that was, I wish Finn more had more to do, and I think that would have been a fun storyline. Yeah. I would have just had her, like, as one of the soldiers. We already know people can survive bizarre things. She's survived one exploding planet before. Mm -hmm. Of just that bit where he needs to raid the tower, and he's just kind of fighting faceless minions. I was about to say, and that might have given a focus point for that. I have problems with that fight. Anyway. (laughs) As we said, cinematography, like, plot-wise, parts of this movie were really weak. But... I do the very beginning, the mm-hmm. stupid manic opening where it's just weird five minutes of crazy Kylo Ren action, opening with him just slaughtering cultists on Mustafar. Yeah. Fucking loved that. That was real cool. <laughs> uh, but as I said, I don't go to Star Wars because literally any Star Wars movie I've ever watched, people are like, but plot point A, B, and C. And I'm like, oh yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. Do you give a fuck? Oh, sure don't. <laughs> sure don't, bud. So, like, I'm, I'm not as bothered by some, as, as some people I know, uh, but I go to Star Wars for a sense of adventure, I go for characters I give a shit about, and I go to feel feelings. And did, I got all three of those. Did you read what Finn was going to try to tell Ray? No, did they reveal that somewhere? Yeah, JJ revealed it in an interview. What was he going to... That he's force sensitive. Really? That was super not what I was expecting. Interesting. That would explain why the fuck he's talking about the Force. Mm-hmm. Like, he has that moment where he talks about it, and... So I have a feeling. He seems to have joined the Church of the Force, which was cool. I liked the idea of people who weren't mm-hmm. Force-sensitive, but still kind of followed the teachings. It made it a lot less boys' club. Yeah, I'm one with the Force. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so what did you think of... The decision to make Rey a Palpatine, especially someone where Last Jedi was one of your favorite Star Wars movies. So this was one of those things where it's like, most of the things that I don't like in this movie had some sort of twist where I couldn't just outright hate them. I don't like them making her related to anybody. I really loved the idea that she was just the child of some shitty drug dealers. That being said, if you're going to make her related to someone, Palpatine is my favorite choice. So we spent too long stuck in this discussion. Does this mean Palpatine fucks? Ooh, um... Or is, are we talking, like, clone shit? Or, like, possibly the same thing Plagueis did to make a Skywalker? That was Cece's how, theory. How, hmm. The, like... He he made a child in the Force, which would be his son in this case. Kind of how they made a Skywalker. And that would be why Kylo Ren and Rey were so connected of being of descendants of singular Force entities, I guess. Right. That's the other thing. They never they made a big deal of them being so connected towards the end of the movie, but did not do a good job of spelling out. Both Snoke and Palpatine said it was them doing it and i get that snoke was palpatine sure but um they never really explained why or how yeah 
it was it was kind of murky. That's the thing with like the that the prequels especially started pushing that it seemed like Bloodline was important. Mm. I, I mean, I guess the original did to an extent, but yeah, not as big of an extent. You know I, what I mean? I felt like this movie, the main argument was Bloodline doesn't matter. Like, and the, see, that's the, main the thing. Final I, message of it. I feel like it's. Like people, were and no to... matter. Here's the thing: no matter what this movie, how you read it, it mm-hmm. doesn't undo the kid with force abilities in the Last Jedi. Yeah, that not everyone has to be of the same bloodline. I just like I have a friend that is arguing very strenuously that like bloodlines matter. That's the point of Star Wars, and I really, really disagree with that because I mean, Luke. I don't care who his dad was. Was a farm boy out of nowhere that kicked ass. Like I do like the ideas. The idea of certain powers being stronger in certain bloodlines. That's fair. Strong families happen in anything. Although I'm I'm saying that from the point of, like, I, Jedi was one of my favorite books of the old EU, so... <laughs> you know, I've never read I, Jedi, but I read every one of the X-Wing books, like, seven times, so... Um, yeah, the way Corrin uh, Horns inherited Jedi powers... Mm. were kind of a big plot point in it and how they kind of differed from the norm. Like, he could barely do any of the telekinetic shit. Interesting. But he could do a whole lot of, like, absorbing energy type shit. Oh, that's cool. I miss Corrin. Like, I, I mean, the, uh, the nice thing about the EU is all the books are still there. Yeah. Like, it's not like they got magically erased when they redid. I can still go read the Thrawn books and enjoy them. And have I bet we universe, still get a Corrin. It'd be real. That's just, I would love to see Corrin. Part of me would really love to see Mara Jade, but she was so connected to the Skywalker story that I don't know if they could do, do it at it this right point. Without, and not just like, oh, she can't exist without Luke, but like, she and Luke completed each other so well that I'm not surprised that instead of. that in a world where Mara doesn't exist, we get sad Luke. <laughs> like. Oh, and you asked me if. If I think Palpatine fucks. Uh-huh. I think he fucks, but I don't think that's how we got Ray. Fair enough. Uh, or I think he at least fucked at one point. <laughs> I think at a certain point he gave it up. Mostly I was just having fun just being uncomfortable with, like, you know, lying down to go to sleep, turn off the lights, and just pause. Does Palpatine fuck? <laughs> um, I would say he fucked at one point, but he gave it up. As he moved more into being, like, Probably Sith somewhere Lord. around Revenge of the Sith, yeah. Uh, other headcanon theory was all those, like, nameless grunts hanging out around Palpatine. Are all Palpatine. All Palpatine, yeah. Like, he's like the one true that's, Sith. That's kind of what I thought. <laughs> uh, did you ever read Dark Empire? I never did. Dark Empire is pretty, f- pretty important because it was one of the first introductions to the EU as we knew it growing up. Uh, I believe it was the first Dark Horse Star Wars comic. Uh, and the EU came from the Star Wars RPG, the Star Wars Dark Horse comics, and then starting with, I believe, Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. And it's not very good. <laughs> All cards on the table, it is not very good. But it was important because of that, and it used a lot of really cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Like the Emperor coming back. Like a Star Destroyer, it was just one in the comic, but still, that could blow up planets 
And what the fuck else was it? There was another thing. Oh, and the Emperor trying to... Like, dying off and trying to put his mind, soul, whatever, into a new body. And, like, I in no way for a second believed that if Ray sat down and took the throne... Or killed him and sat down and took the throne, that he wouldn't try and take over her brain. Like, once, like, all the Sith were... It's fucking Palpatine. I thought that was going to be the ultimate plan anyway. No matter... Well, not that he was going to try to absorb her force essence slash life essence, because they're kind of the same, um, but more that he was going to just completely inhabit her body. Yeah. Be but like, he wasn't I'm tired like, of being a fucking old man. Let's do this shit. But he wasn't selling it to her as that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought at one point that she was going to do it, and she was going to end up with all of the Sith and all of the Jedi in her at the same time, and actually do balance the force or star wars likes to talk about balance in the force a lot and, and then have the light they side still haven't <laughs> like they're really bad at balance and part of me would have loved that and the other part's like wow man like the jedi got their problems but the sith just kind of directly suck right like yeah people are like oh the sith have it right now the sith are blowing up planets every time they sneeze like yeah the jedi suck but the sith suck harder <laughs> That's that's what the prequels did to me, is the Jedi suck. Yeah, uh, I thought Last Jedi did a real... Uh, Luke had a really good point in it of, like, the Jedi got so bogged down in tradition. And having Luke... Get, or Yoda gives Luke that message of, like, what you want your do is your apprentices to become better than you are. And the biggest mistake Luke made, I felt, was trying to recreate the old Jedi. And it gives Rey here a chance to recreate the Jedi without... All the fucking pomp and circumstance and bureaucracy that ended up destroying them. Mm-hmm. I still... I don't want to talk about the end quite yet. Okay. Well, let's talk about mm, the bizarre deus ex machina of this, the knife. The knife... Well, okay, hunting for the knife, I do want to point out that that celebration on that planet was fucking wonderful. That's that, one of, that goes up there in one of my favorite Star Wars moments. Not only was that celebration super cool, but we got Lando fucking Calrissian. That also... And the older I get, the more I love Lando fucking Calrissian. (laughs) Lando. Um, That was the first time of like three or four times that I started tearing up when I saw Lando. And I was just like, oh, Billy D. Really happy to see him. Really happy to see him. You really should have been used in the previous movie as well. He would have been great in it. Don't care where. Just Lando. I'm really glad to sort of blend what happens on this planet with a little bit later on mm-hmm. that the Chewy thing was a fake out. Oh, I was... Because if they were going to leave it the way they left it, I was going to be pissed. I looked over at CC and was like, okay, if they've just killed Chewie, you and I are going to burn this theater down. Ultimately, I was okay if they wanted to kill Chewie, but they did it and just... Then it happened... And they immediately had to be on the go. And yeah, I understood it seems this... so abrupt that if that had been Chewie's real death, I would have been real mad. Because uh, honestly, I'm not one of those people that was pissed off that Akbar was given a really quick death. I kind of was, but I also got that he was the like three-line character that is a meme. Exactly. It doesn't make sense in-universe. It only makes sense meta. Yeah. That he would be given a more glorious death. You know what I mean? But Yeah. I mean, well, and I also, as I said, I grew up reading the X-Wing books and stuff, so the Akbar was, like, the god of the oh, Rebel yeah. Alliance military growing up in all the books I had. So I was like, wait, no, we need more. But, like, if Akbar's gonna fucking die, 
he's gonna die because his ship gets fucking wrecked. Yeah. But Chewie, I'm like, this movie is way too fantasy to gloss over a fucking death like this. Oh, I just had a thought of like... Or this, the series is way too fantasy to gloss over a death like this. We know Leia's gonna die. Like, I didn't think I could handle both dying. I... I had feelings about C fucking 3PO in this one. I do ultimately think there should have been more consequences overall. I feel like part of the journey... Cause, so our three main leads, this is still kind of just the beginning of their journey by the end, right? Yeah. And I kind of feel like part of the way they set up Poe is that he's supposed to kind of take Leia's journey. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. And I think a big part of Leia's story involves loss. And then the only thing it looked like he lost in this movie, they miraculously gave him back at the end. Yeah, I... And I realize he has experienced loss, but he has not experienced loss like Leia's experienced loss. Well, no one has. That's just fucking unfair. I was happy that they restored C-3PO, but it just was a little too pat at the same time. Like... I, I didn't feel too much suspense even when he was like, there's no way R2 has my blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then, of course, R2 fucking did. Mm-hmm. But, like, that moment when you think that 3PO's making that sacrifice was really kind of powerful of, like, 3PO's kind of a badass in this movie compared to all of his others combined. Like He was given a lot in this movie. I think that was just Anthony. You're the only one that stuck around for nine fucking movies. It's time, buddy. It's your moment. You probably never have to wear this uh, fucking plastic outfit again. So ultimately, does it even matter that it was the Knights of Ren? Or do you think that was more just to appease people? I liked it. I I loved the design of them and stuff. So it was cool getting to watch them fight. But They looked so cool. The Knights, they sound so cool. They aren't really anything special. Like, they're just his top-ranked fighters. Cool. Okay. I was hoping they were going to be a new Sith, basically. Or, like, in a new attempt to be a Sith-style organization. Mm-hmm. And instead, they were, you know, mini-boss fights. Nameless minions. This is not bad. This movie didn't have room for much more. But there just wasn't much to them. Oh, uh, with the knife thing. And I asked this, and we oh, talked yeah. about other stuff. Finding the knife was really cool. The knife looked really cool. But then, like, opening up this knife so it perfectly aligned I with, hated like, that the shit. Falling, falling Death Star pieces. It was I was like, most... Nicolas Cage. We got... Nicolas Cage. I thought Indiana Jones. This just, either way, this, like, deus mex knocking-up bullshit. They're like, when was that knife made? Right. When, when did they, like... They're really lucky that none of those Death Star pieces, like, I don't know, shifted. At all? In that surf? Yeah. What? (laughs) It was surprisingly powerful for her to step on the Death Star and have it be the Emperor's... Like, the the scene of the victory of Return of the Jedi, to see that. Well, the other thing I absolutely loved about that sequence that really had me really excited was how it also wraps back around for for her being a scavenger in the very beginning Yeah, that was super cool. Like, she was... Other than water instead of sand, she was prepped for this shit. I thought that was... I was like, because <gasps> she's a scavenger. Look at her go. Um, what do you think of the Hux as a spy? It made sense as a character. Like, at first... You've still not watched Rebels, right? Right. Okay, never mind. It, it also has a spy 
defector character at some point. That's all that matters. And I, I thought that if Hux had tried to, like, seriously defect or change sides, it would have bothered me. But his, like, super bullshitty, uh, self-entitled, I don't care if you win, I just need Ren to lose, was perfectly in character for this neo-Nazi punk ass that thought he was tough. Like, that was kind of Hux's thing the mm-hmm. whole time, was he thought he was tough, and he was this guy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then having him just fucking murdered by Richard Grant, Richard Gant. Like, I don't know, there's a meme out on Facebook that comes around that's talking about how the First Order is neo-Nazis, kind of people who think they're tough. And it made perfect sense to me that someone who had worked for the old Empire would join up with that, get to a point where he could take over and be like, all right, that's great. Thanks for doing this. Uh, back to my old job now. Fuck you. I'm shooting him, killing him off. I like kind of that this movie admitted that the First Order were kind of wannabe punks, but still had them be dangerous and then had them be more dangerous by people who weren't wannabe punks, but the real deal pop back up and take over everything that had been made. Right. And if you want to keep up with like the fucking like Nazi illusions and shit, like... All the wannabe punks are just, I mean, it's just all these fringe groups or like little fucking, yeah, it's just the people waiting for a more, you know, more combined leadership. Yeah, and like really uh, fancier and like less actually like effective to use looking gear. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the uniforms were like what dumbass punks think Nazis should look like as opposed to the old ones that just kind of looked like Nazi uniforms. Uh, back to the fucking... I guess we kind of answered this when talking about the, the power levels a little bit. What did you think about effectively having teleportation, though? That was the force power that was the most insane to me out of all of this. Like, shooting lightning... Shooting more lightning is just more power at it, but, like, warping time and space, essentially, to, like, pass shit back and forth from anywhere in the galaxy is the most insane force power we have ever seen i feel like the only i i completely agree i feel like the only reason i'm as okay with it as i am is because of this ridiculously inventive way it was shot yeah and i'm not even mad about it like i'm not mad about it because (laughs) of just how in great they did it otherwise if they would have just done it shitty though i'd probably be like fucking how but yeah fuck that (laughs) the way that they kind of had to slowly get into it too yeah and feel out the the limitations and there was still a certain amount of blindness to it and i don't know fucking loved it <laughs> yeah that was Ultimate, probably... which is weird because you're right it's insane it is stupid powerful if you stop and think about it at all what did you think of i never actually got her name which is kind of a weakness uh stormtrooper lady and the like finding out there's this troop of escaped stormtrooper kids living on fucking endor uh jana Jonna, yes. I wish they would have... I feel like they could have been used better. I just don't know how. It falls under... There was so much to do, and you talked about Finn not really getting a thing. All of the Finn things that happened in this movie were like the B-movie side plots, but they didn't have enough time for all of the B-parts. I feel like the only reason they exist is because this movie is Return of the Jedi and they needed Ewoks. Yeah. Oh my god, those Ewoks that you see at the very end. One of those is uh, Wicket, that they actually got him to get in it's his... It's Warwick? Yeah, Warwick Davis. 
to get into his, I'm assuming not the same Wicket costume because he's not 11 anymore. Mm-hmm. But and so that was actually Old Man Wicket, Old That's Man Warwick awesome. Davis. Um, when they were on <clears throat> uh, Russia during Shakedown's planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bolsheviks attacking. Yeah. One of the huddled up people on the street. Oh, that right. That was Kevin Smith. It's Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, man. Like, I. Not to just continue. Oh, and bitch Greg Grunberg being put front and center. That was Greg Grunberg. <laughs> <laughs> not to just bitch about shitty fans again and again, but I was reading that uh, Kevin Smith talking about that in one of the comments underneath being like, this ruined the entire saga for me. And I'm like, what? Why, man? Like. Not liking one movie does not make the other, I don't know, even if you only like the first six, bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can just... Episode 2 is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I still fucking love most of the other Star Wars movies. Like, See, the reason Episode 2 is on the bottom for me isn't necessarily because it's bad, but because it performs the worst sin a Star Wars fan can be, a film can do, and it's forgettable. I don't remember a fucking thing about number two. Other than the creatures at the end. Do you remember why I remember them? Or want to know why I remember them? You had the toys? No, because they appeared in the uh, Galactic Battlegrounds RTS. Mm. I remember Dexter Jetster. The the four-armed guy with the, like, 50s diner that helps Obi-Wan, like, connect the Kamino dart. Yeah, he, he's just this weird four-armed guy that owns a 50s diner on Coruscant that hangs out with the Jedi. Like, I need to know everything about this character. <laughs> uh, anyway, we can rant about prequels some other time. <laughs> I noticed that suddenly everyone loves the prequels. And I'm like, really? really? Do you? Does, does that mean that you're all going to really love Last Jedi in about eight years? Are you just lying because you don't want to like these ones? <laughs> um if you like the Clone Wars, that's understandable. Yes. The Star Wars prequels were really bad movies that served a really good world-building history lesson, but history lesson isn't necessarily compelling cinema. So once we get to the Death Star is kind of where the movie starts making decisions that make me not as happy. Okay. Before that, the fight scene between Kylo and Ray. Where Leia dies, which I did have feeling. Like, uh, the entire time I was like, God, this just isn't quite connecting with her as we were talking about earlier. But then she died and suddenly I was just like, oh no! That was actually... I thought the way that scene played out was super fucking cool. I thought it was the most uncomfortable sword fight, but in a way that it was really supposed to be. Like, it starts out really well and then as Rey's giving into her anger, it just gets uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she gets worse. She gets actively worse fighting the whole time. Like, the more she gives into her anger. And then she accidentally fucking kills Kylo. He gets to become Ben again, which I was really back and forth. We talked about in The Mandalorian that we didn't want a redemption arc. I, I did not want a redemption arc. This is where the movie really started to make me a little bit not as happy. And there was ways that they even could have done it. I don't know. Because <sighs> there's things they still did where I'm like, okay, if you're going to make this choice of giving him a redemption arc... I like that it eventually leads to his death. Let's not beat around the bush. The thing that made the redemption arc angry is that they kissed. I'm still kind of okay with the kiss just because it led to his death. You could have done all of that and still had his death and still had the redemption moment that I would have accepted. Like the kind of, they hugged at first and I was like, all right, fair enough. But then they fucking kissed and it was weird and uncomfortable and has been pointed out 
Kylo Ren is, even if he gets his own redemption stuff, is largely the abuser of the other three. Like, he tortured each of them. And kissing your torturer, kissing your abuser, is fucking weird. So, here's the way I kind of wish it would have played out. Yeah, right. I can't assure anybody this is going to be any better, but it would have made it better for me. Yeah. Because I don't like that he got a redemption arc. I don't mind giving him a redemption moment, though. Or even kind of like... If you're going to give him one sort of a bedside thing, and I think it would fix one other thing that I didn't like. When she accidentally kills him, she accidentally kills him. Don't heal him. Mm -hmm. That would, of course, make the end play out quite a bit different, but I think there's still ways you can play with that. Oh, yeah. Except she gut shot him, right? Make a kind of a slow death. As he's laying there dying, give him, like, a moment where instead of fucking Han, I did not like Han See, I like seeing Han. I like seeing Han. I did not like it for this moment. Ah, uh, see, that's where I got one over. I was like, yeah, Kylo is dead. I wanted it to be Luke. That would have been really good, too, but... I think that would have paid off Luke's last moments with Kylo in Last Jedi. Oh, man, you could have even opened with, I told you I'd see you around, kid, or exactly. something like that. Like... Have him sort of sit down next to him and sort of more comforting than anything and remorseful. I wanted remorseful Jedi ghost Luke where he's like, now you have, you had the moment, your mom helped you, but you had that moment where you saw that violence wasn't the answer when you were about to strike. I wish I would have been a better teacher because I failed at the wrong moment, too. I mean, it, it's, it would be the moment that Kylo could have died a Jedi, which he kind of got to. Uh, mm-hmm. Or not Kylo, at that point, Ben. I, I did enjoy the idea of the separation of Kylo Ren, who's terrible and fucking Ben is guys. good. And not, even if not good, Ben is not Kylo Ren. Right. Uh, the reason that I've... Like, three days before this movie came out, I had a conversation with someone about the group Life After Hate... The, the people that help people get out of, like, hate groups and cults. Oh, right, and yeah. get their life back in order and not be white nationalists anymore. Mm-hmm. And I really, really support that group on every level. But I also struggle with, you know, like... I know people aren't owed forgiveness, but, like, the idea of forgiving someone who was a Nazi, even if they are no longer a Nazi and are actively working to, like, mm-hmm. make up for that... Uh, And that's where I was stuck with Kylo slash Ben of, fuck, I did not want to forgive him at all, but I am also just a complete sucker for people can be better than they were before. So I really do get both sides of that argument. I just, as I said, could not forgive the kiss. Like, there's lines between forgiving people who lost their way and making out with people who lost their way. Right. Here's the thing. I want that moment to end with like Luke telling him, like, look, in the end, you did the absolute right thing. We all have a chance now. And I think it would set up for still doing a, a version of what they did later on if you still give him his moment where he melds into the Force after that. Fair enough. And then you have Ray continue on, have an epic fight against the Knights of Ren, where. Just have her do it? Just have her do it on her way to meet up with Palpatine. At this point, because she's killed Kylo, you still don't know which way she's going to fall. I get that. I liked Rey immediately being like, 
well, that was wrong, and, like, healing, like, this, this was done mm-hmm. wrong. But I, then you could have a moment where the fight with the Knights of Ren turns on, for whatever reason, through the fight choreography, like, she's needing the two blades to pull them off, and one gets knocked out of her hand, and as it's sailing into wherever, some preferably somewhere on fire, I would say, to, yeah. to get the mirroring right, you have Kylo's forced ghost. Grab pull it. a Luke. Pull a Luke. Okay. I, I, I can at least see where you're going with this one. Um, I always wanted her to put her lightsaber on a staff. Me too. They put so much time into her staff training, and her lightsaber fights suffered because of it, but like it was, you could tell it was a purposeful choice. Uh, she kept overbalancing herself, and I'm sure that comes from being self-trained and how to use a big heavy stick versus... A weapon that weighs nothing. Like, even in foam fighting, if I use a big heavy thing and then switch to something that is... Light. 12 ounces. Fuck, man. You don't... You overbalance every time at first just because your muscle is moving for one thing and it's not Not what's there. there. Yeah. That's why I always thought lightsaber combat was so interesting. Because it's nothing but the wrist. (laughs) People are like, lightsaber combats, the new ones are so bad. Like, again... Have you ever watched Star Wars before? Like, I mean, not the the old ones were fun, but they were done in the classic like Errol Flynn style. Because Empire it was Strikes the, Back and Jedi were fun. Let's okay. be real honest here. The yeah. Obi Wan versus Vader fight is was two people awkwardly like tip, tippy tapping their swords together, and then Obi Wan dies. Like when I think about it in my brain, it is a well timed like uh, samurai that super know what they're doing, and only like one or two shots need to happen fight. But when you watch it, it's two people who don't know how to fight tippy-tapping. Well, and even when it gets good, it's like late Errol Flynn Robin Hood fencing because it's the same choreographer. And then in the prequels, it was weird amounts of spinning. Again, I've done a lot of weird... It's film fighting, it's not real fighting, but it's still goofy getting to play around with sword stuff. Nobody needs to spin that much. We God even yell damn, spin. Darth Maul was cool, though. Yes. Darth Maul was good. It was the Obi-Wan <laughs> versus Anakin fight in 3, where mm. literally there's just a point where both of them are spinning in, like, figure eights at each other without, like, attacking. That I just fucking lost it when I watched that scene. But with this, we get the Han scene, which I liked, you did not. And then we skip over and we get the Luke scene and the hilarious Ray trying to pull a classic Jedi and running away and hiding in a corner. Uh, and Luke being like, no, 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 fuck it, stop. Knock it off. <laughs> really good moments from Luke there. I really, really enjoyed Old Man Luke. I think he's probably my favorite part of this entire trilogy. I love any, Old Man Luke. Any scene with Old Man Luke. I love Old Man Luke. I felt like they kind of cheapened out on his Force Ghost for this one. What do you mean? It just didn't feel as good as some of the other Force Ghosts. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I'm not even trying to be critical. It just stood out to me even when I was watching yeah, it that's for a fair. second. But it wasn't so bad that I wasn't... I was like, oh no. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to run into the speed bump for a second, but whatever. Yeah, all right, we're into this. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Part of it might be the updating graphics with everything being so clear now. Like, Return of the Jedi Ghost Obi-Wan was kind of fuzzy, partly just because cameras were kind of fuzzy at the time, and it was a lot easier to like that's true. get away with it a little bit. Everything's so crisp now, and it just looks kind of weird as a result. So, where did we go from there? 
Sorry, I lost the track of the movie. She picks... Oh! Oh! A moment I did not expect to cry is Luke finally lifting the X-Wing out of a swamp. He's been trying since Empire Strikes Back. He finally fucking pulls it off. And I was like, why am I emotional about this? That was cool. What did you think of the new droid? Oh, um, it was fine. Can I have you... never met a droid I didn't like in Star Wars, so... Weirdly reminded me of Go-Go Dodo. Go-Go Dodo? From Looney Tunes. The little Dodo, the... Oh, jeez, I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to see un unsee that one now. I, I like the droid. I liked the, like, personal space boundaries and the... That was interesting. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, and they're good. Good. Respect that. Good. Fuck yeah. Don't touch him if he doesn't want to be touched. Easy lessons that we can transfer to kids. That actually might have been my favorite thing in Star Wars. The kids. Because as I said, I got to the movie theater like two hours early to make sure I got a good seat. I'm wearing a Jedi outfit. There are kids fucking everywhere. Just vibrating with excitement. They were so happy. And no matter what, I love that the kids always get it. For 40 years now, Star Wars has been delivering joy to children. My seven-year-old nephew went with my sister and, like, could barely eat the whole day. He was so fucking excited to go see Star Wars. I was excited to see Force, uh, Life Drain. Life Drain was cool. So, there's a bunch of things going on all at the same time right there, right? Yeah, this is where it's getting hard to explain because there's just so many things. The uh, space battle was interesting. I felt like there was surprisingly few lasers being fired at the friendly forces for how many Star Destroyers were on screen. It but... was really disjointed as a fight, but again, it had really great moments. That bit where Poe is having a panic attack. Like, you can watch him realize oh, yeah. that everyone is going to die because of a choice that he made, and he is freezing up a little bit. It was one of the more human moments I thought we ever saw in Star Wars. And then we get Lando Calrissian being like, there's more of us, Poe. And turning around and holy shit. He Doctor so, Stranges everyone in. So many ships. Like, that was just... It was just impressive. I wish... Honestly, I wish that this movie was 20 minutes longer just so we could have had more of that side story. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add about, like, I'm after this I'm going to go record a podcast about battle tactics. I don't have shit to say about the battle tactics in this... I have more... So, the other thing that's going on is they have to take down that tower and on the ship. Because the tower stops the ships from being able to, like, leave the system or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember all the, the yada yada. If they destroy the tower, all of the ships can leave. Or if they don't destroy the tower, all the ships can leave. And they can go about fucking mm -hmm. murdering everyone because the Empire has never found Superstar Laser that they didn't fucking love. Right. That I wanted to like a lot more. I thought the ground assault across the surface of a ship is an amazing idea. And that action scene was one of the worst filmed I've seen in a long time. You know, uh, did you ever see the original 2D Clone Wars? The, like, Gendy Tartavosky, yeah. Samurai Jack, Clone War? Cartoon? Yeah, with, uh, like, Mace taking on all the droids. Mace taking on all the droids and Obi-Wan fighting Dirge and there's one where I think it's Plo Koon one of the Jedi Masters like their ship's dying so him and a bunch of clone troopers just fucking like 
jump over with jetpacks and land on an enemy ship and take over with a ground assault on the ship. Mm. Like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it did it in a seven minute clip so much better than this entire thing was. There was just not very well done continuity that really stood out and it was against just faceless hordes that didn't matter. Well, and I, you know, again, I do not pay deep attention to, like, a lot of that stuff till afterwards. And when I was watching it, I had fun. I don't super critically watch movies. I was there to enjoy things. But it was the part that I cared the least about by far. Like... Lando's up there being Lando, being awesome. Mm-hmm. Ray is off doing her Ray things. And then they'd switch to this, and I'd be like, all right, this is cool. Don't die, Finn. Oh, good, you didn't die. All right. Go back to the other stuff now, please. Yeah, I mean, all that end stuff with Palpatine was fine. I kind of, like, well, like I said, I don't really like the fact that fucking Kylo's there to begin with, but. I, again, was surprised by how okay with it I was, other than the one thing that I will not bitch about again, because I've already done it three times. He got some cool fight stuff, and it was nice to see both of them actually getting to fight in a way that they were, like, confident and not overcompensating. That was the first time in both of their fights that it they they got to move like they actually knew what they were doing, as opposed to, like, that, like come on, mm-hmm. try and stop me. I mean, all, all of that stuff worked... Just as well as I could have ever hoped, really. I, once again, like I said earlier, I think JJ really... There there was no way for him to please everybody. I knew going into this that there was things I probably wasn't going to like. He fucking tried, though. Give but goddammit, yeah, I think... I've seen, I've seen headlines, I still haven't read many reviews, I've read a lot of headlines, where it's like, oh no, it's a good movie, it just maybe isn't a good end to the saga. Or others are like, oh no, it's a great end to the saga, but it's a really bad movie. Like, I've seen both. Yeah. And um, I'm like, no, I think it might not be my favorite, but I think that it did the job that it was supposed to do. Yeah, I enjoyed it. This is where I was, where I'm having trouble here is, as I talked about, if every critique I've heard about it is true, and I don't just want to bitch about, like, deus ex machinas mm-hmm. and, like, a kind of disjointed pacing. But at the same time, I can't pretend those didn't exist. So and they're like, why do you like that scene? I'm like, ah, because it made me feel feelings. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and then we get the basically the afterwards from the big segment. Yeah, they go to Tatooine. They bury... Well, first you have... I wanted... There's one thing I brushed up against oh. uh, on Not Yavin. On that... Oh, or what, what scene? I think I know what you're talking about, but... The metal. The metal? Oh, that's not the thing I, thing I was thinking about. But that was really nice to see. I did not like it. You didn't like Chewie getting the metal? Uh, no, because it does not fit anything we've seen on screen. What do you mean? It almost would have been... It would have been better if Maz would have just made a joke. Like, oh, somebody should get you a medal for doing that. I would have liked that. Because Maz has no connection to that original medal ceremony. There's no reason for her to know that he specifically did not get a medal. My running theory is that Chewie has been bitching about not getting a medal for 35 years now. And no one else was getting medals. It's a moment literally only for the audience that does not make sense at all within the context of the scene. Yeah, damn, man. You're kind of ruining the scene for me now that you're making me think about it critically. What The, the scene that... The thing that stuck out to me... There's a moment where Leia's number two lady, who was wearing a Rambo headband for this movie, but... Oh, uh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And I want to say the lady cop from Sherlock? 
Oh. She, well, she was one of the pilots in this. They, yeah, they yeah. used her a couple times. I don't think they ever gave her a name. They they land, they kiss, they have this moment. It's a very nice little moment where I was like, oh, this is great. We get to watch a gay kiss in a big blockbuster movie, and it's not a big deal. No one made a big thing about it. This is a nice moment of where we've come forward. And then I find out that Disney's advertising people were like, there's going to be this huge gay moment in Star Wars, man. It's going to be a big gay fucking moment. Like, God damn it, man. This could have been just a nice little toss-in where representation matters. Now, I do, I do wonder... The guy, you have to be the guy that's like, see how forward I am? Look how forward I am. Which makes, which makes even when you're being forward just really obnoxious. Now, did Disney say it was going to be a big moment, or did other articles pump it up as that? Because the only thing I saw was that they said that it was there was going to be the first outright LGBTQ plus moment in Star Wars. In retrospect, it's probably both, but from what I understand, Disney advertising was like, hey. Which I don't like. It wouldn't be the It first... feels weird, def- like, trying to defend Disney sometimes, no, being I get such you. a mega core. It would not but... be the first time Disney advertising stepped on its own dick when it right. came to advertising their representation. Right. Mm-hmm. Ho ho, see? We've got a queer character in. I don't even remember. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, they've done it with. Uh, they did it with Thor Ragnarok. Oh, right. They were like, it's going to be a big gay character, and then it never even comes up that Valkyrie is bi or lesbian or whatever it is oh yeah i forgot about that because i had seen a couple headlines pertaining to that too and i was kind of like oh that's got about half a second of screen time if that and like cool do it like yeah and cool yes do it but i don't know why i saw headlines for that just do it yeah if you're going if you're going to do representation great do representation and not even if you're going to do just just do representation it matters. You don't need this white boy from Montana to tell you that. But And it should have been Finn and Poe. But and that's really what it is. You don't need to pat yourself on the back so hard about doing representation. It is one thing when the director of Black Panther, whose name I'm hoping you know because I'm blanking. Ryan Coogler. Thank you. See, this is why we're here. You know the behind the scenes stuff. He made a big movie about what it's like to be black and to have like being black was a big part of Black Panther and they got to advertise it that way but when it's just straight guys being like see we put in a lesbian kiss like it it, that's where you just shut up man like Mm -hmm. yeah I was more just like I thought it was at least gonna be like front and center but it was even kind of in the background yep and as I said I noticed it I thought it was a great moment when I watch it still I'm probably gonna get a happy little thing I'm just annoyed that they felt the need to talk about it beforehand instead of just letting it be what it is. Tatooine. Tatooine, right. That was re- oh, that was really cool. Much like going on the second Death Star Remains, I did not expect to get the kind of little chills that I got when I realized that, oh shit, that is, that is Owen and Baru's farm. Yeah, that was cool. And her, I like, thought her sliding into it was kind of silly, but it, it didn't. Funny. It didn't. Like, it was funny. It, it didn't completely take me out of it. I was like, "Oh no, I, I remember her sliding before him." Just before that, I did like her standing in almost identical position to what Luke stood, like mm-hmm. right above that. It was just a nice moment, and then burying the lightsabers with the force. That there. was 
cool. I was surprised she didn't do it like in the middle of the residence or something. She, she did it near the front door or something like yeah. that. I don't know. She's she'd never been there before. She doesn't know what the important areas are. Oh, I know. I just some about it. It seemed like if she was going to do it, she would have done it while she was down in it. I don't yeah, know why. It really but... was because they needed her somewhere where people could see talk it. to her and see that. Uh, Which once I'm I'm not trying to nitpick it that hard. I just no. It, it's a fair point. It is. A lot of things in this movie kind of happened because they needed the next thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sad about her burying Leia's lightsaber because one, it was just fucking cool to finally see Leia's lightsaber. And then I, again, read a lot of the Expanded Universe stuff where inherited lightsabers were a much bigger deal. Mm. So I was really excited. But then, like, she makes her own. And it was, again, really fucking cool. I just wish we could have seen more of it. So I'm not 100% against how the end plays out. What do you mean? I kind of don't like her taking the surname Skywalker. <sighs> Again, that that was one of my favorite parts. One, seeing Luke and Leia force ghosting together was very satisfying. And I just keep thinking of how hard this movie must have been for Mark Hamill, who mm-hmm. was really close with her in real life, too. Because, uh, I mean, they were both pretty young when they first started doing that together and then spent years making movies together. So, yeah, so here's one of the things. I guess there's just a way I would have preferred it a little bit more, but I do like the way they did it. I just, it was, it's my ultimate argument for the idea of this movie being blood doesn't matter, where you come from doesn't really matter. It's who you are that is important, but that's who you are is not your, not your blood. Well, see, and you have the moment early on when mm-hmm. she's on a different desert planet and she gets asked by a little alien girl uh, what her mm-hmm. uh, family name is and she doesn't have one and at that point it's still a burden to her yeah and i was hoping at the end she wouldn't take the skywalker surname and instead she would just be, be ray but confidently and she's had the blessing from these people that had took her in and had mentored I can see her. that I, as I said, I really liked the Ray Skywalker. And backed just, up with the different colored lightsaber. I did like seeing a yellow lightsaber for, I think, the first time. But the other thing is, movies. like, I loved seeing Mark and Leia together. Or, you know, Mark, Mark and, and Carrie. Carrie. Luke and Leia together. For all the same reasons that you just listed. But I feel like it would have been stronger for her if it would have been I, Leia and Ben. No. Put Han in there, maybe. But, like, I mm, I think Ben can just be... Ben's dead! Let's not talk about that again. But he's also been the a main driving port, part of her he's, emotions for the last two he's movies. He's been a big part of her life. That's fair. I, I can see where you're saying that. Like, whether she wanted to or not. I will never argue for Ben Solo over Luke Skywalker in anything. But that would only go if you also have... I feel like that would only fly if you have her choosing to just be Rey. Here's the reason I don't exactly hate it, though, is because I do feel like a big lesson that Luke had to learn in The Last Jedi, which I really fucking love, is the importance of the legend of the Jedi. Yeah. And that's not something that Rey had to learn. That's something she already knew. And so her taking the Skywalker name is reinforcing something that she was already doing. So I also don't hate it. Like, 
it does tie in in a good way to something I already love. I just so. want to see more Ray Skywalker. I want to see her do something cool with that yellow lightsaber. It's Ray Skywalker saving the world. And that's really, we talked about this. This ends with those three basically on the beginning of their adventure. And I want to know what's next. Because, like, Leia went on to basically form the New Republic at the end of Return of the Jedi. As my nephew said, he's like, I don't think Poe's the kind of guy that'd make a government. So, like, what what happens now, man? And I get that that's a whole new movie or whatever they decide to do with it, but I want to know. I don't think Poe would be the kind of guy to set up a government, but I do think the kind of he's the kind of guy they've set up to try to go into a leadership position so I could see him as like an admiral. Yeah. I did like him becoming a general and then being like, Oh, I can't, I need someone with me. And that really fun moment of he's like, I need you to be a general. And Finn like about to say something and be like, Oh wait, thank you. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. really nice. That like, again, it was, I really loved getting to see Finn as Finn, not as FN two one, whatever, eight, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I overall still really like it, though. Yeah. As critical as I started there, to get towards the end. like The more we talk about it, the more places that you're like, well, that doesn't quite work. But when you're watching it, you don't fucking care. Oh, and underneath the floating castle is maybe the second most pretty thing I've ever seen in a fucking Star Wars <sighs> flick. Just all of it. Star Wars was... This movie was gorgeous. Wherever J.J. Abrams sometimes goes off the rails with storytelling and everything he does, the man knows how to shoot a camera angle. Uh, the other thing I like is now they can't back down in the future from giving us uh, Old Republic's power levels. Yeah. You can fucking pull so many ships out of the air. Or I'm so That excited. was what was interesting. The first time she stopped a ship, and it was just that little transport, you were like, oh, holy shit. fuck, this is strong. And then later on, they're just like, yeah. Take out a fleet with the like you thought that was something. The the person who ju- the the part of me that really wants to get into lore really hopes that they explain why it's back such hard so hard so now at some point. But I always figured it was they did talk about the Jedi losing their powers because they become so diluted, and I think part of that was just stuck in bureaucracy, and part of that was there was fucking hundreds of thousands of them mm-hmm. that. One, we are talking about whether I think bloodlines matter or not. Very powerful fucking bloodlines of Force users. And then just, there are so few of them that it's so easy to draw in on the Force. And it's a, everyone here had a very personal connection to the Force as opposed to, like, a dogmatic religion. That's a good point, too. Um, Either way, like, that just opens it up, though. I just hope, I hope it doesn't go too off the rails because like like we already said the teleportation is kind of on the edge yeah and that's then i just that's the one that keeps blowing me away of like it doesn't you don't think it's that powerful and then you stop and think about like what would be required to do that and it's so much scarier than lightning oh absolutely oh the lightning was fucking dope yeah that was pretty cool like i always like force lightning i uh one of the jedi games i just ran around and force lightning Every, oh, in Skyrim, I once made Emperor Palpatine and just did nothing but, like, chain lightning nice. and insane attack power. And he was the most overpowered Skyrim character I've ever made, but he was the glass cannon if there ever was one. I really loved Palpatine at first having the fucked up fingers. Oh, yeah, and watching it grow back was mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. 
what is that, Ian McDermott? Uh, yeah, Ian McDermott. Ian, Ian McDermott. That man loves playing Palpatine. It oozes out of him, and I love him for it. Like, Palpatine's not a subtle character, but he just gets to to perform, to ham it up so well. And I, people are like, how did he back? I'm like, I don't care. Ian McDormand. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm, I think I'll probably still at least try to go see it while it's still in theaters again. UE hasn't seen it yet, so we were planning to go. I originally was like, we're going to watch it Tuesday, but Tuesday is going to be Christmas Eve in our case. So mm-hmm. we'll see it soon. Because I I know that there's other shit that I missed. You know what I mean? Oh, Just yeah. little details that they cram-packed in. It's such a full movie. There's a... Yeah, there's a lot going on in some of the scenes, too. I know that I missed some shit, so... And Lando. And Lando. Always Lando. Any any last thoughts on this? We said this is going to be a short episode, and I'm pretty sure we're at, like, an hour. We're hour right long. at about normal length. Yeah. Um... No, I think that's about it. Okay. I think we've talked enough about it. I can't think anything more specific, having only seen it the one time anyway. So. Yeah. Well, any uh, any media recommendations before we take off? Stuff people would read, watch, listen to, enjoy? Read, watch, Whichever. listen to, enjoy. Ooh, it's the enjoy that's the hard part. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You and I don't like media at all. Uh, how about, like... The show is coming to an end soon, so if you have yet to jump on the Good Place train, jump on the Good Place train. I really need to watch the Good Place. Uh, That show is possibly one of the most well-written TV shows I've ever seen. And I love... What's that actress's name? Kristen... Bell. Bell, thank you. Kristen Bell, I've loved her since I watched Veronica Mars in high school, where she was a hot girl detective... I was also in high school, so it's not creepy that I'm describing high school characters hot. Like You're like, I'm pointing this out right now. <laughs> now when I see her, I'm like, that's a young person. But back then, I was like, ooh. Hello. Yes. <laughs> I love Ted Danson. Oh, yeah. I did I did hear he was in that. And I'm not a big Cheers fan, but I do like Ted Danson. That show, super funny. Also gets super smart. Yeah. Some of the episodes are basically straight up philosophy lessons. It's also a show that every other episode, especially through seasons two and three, write themselves into a corner that would signal the series finale for most shows. Damn. And they get out of it every time. The show has reset itself probably seven times in these four seasons. And done and it successfully every, is the impressive part. Successfully, and every reset makes sense. I was I once very recently got a different friend into the show and they were telling me like they were just a part of the way into the first season and they were like, Oh yeah, I got up to this part. Da 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 da. And they're like, you look, they're like, do you not remember? I'm like, no, I, I know what you're talking about, but you are watching a completely different show than I am currently watching. Yeah, it, It's just hard to talk about. <laughs> I, it's been on my list and I'm watching through sitcoms right now. So it might be next up on the list. Ooh, I, I can't recommend it highly. After enough. Next Gen. Picard's coming up soon. I gotta <laughs> oh. fucking get CC through Next Gen. I understand uh, with Picard coming up, uh, so... We'll talk about that a different day. Um, let's see. For my recommendations, this is not the strongest recommendation I've ever given, but give Dark Empire a check. Dark Horse Comics, <laughs> early 90s. It is enjoyable, and I've been wanting to reread it since I watched Rise of Skywalker, because as I said, they do so many of the same things in it that I kind of want to look at, like, the EU version of Rise of Skywalker. 
Got it. Uh, and then my more serious, but not a serious thing, recommendation is Letterkenny, if you've somehow never seen it. Not yet. Uh, I thought I was the last one to see it, but a lot of people haven't. Letterkenny is a Canadian comedy about hicks up in northern Canada. It is... When I say it's smart, I don't mean it's smart in the same way of philosophy smart of The Good Place, but it is just extremely quick-witted, fast-talking. I had to rewatch a couple episodes once I got used to the like Canadian slang and accents, mm-hmm. just so I could pick up some of the jokes that I wasn't before. But especially if you come from a small town, it is relatable, even if it's not realistic. Like Most people don't talk in almost complete monotone really fucking quickly with repeats of jokes happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the cutting and pacing is just funny as hell. Uh, but these are the kinds of conversations that I have had. I'm getting around to that. It's still a little bit down on my list for the... It's a, a weird reason. It got too popular. And I don't mean that in the hipster way where like... It's kind of why I put it off for a while. I don't mean it in like, it's too popular. I, I just want to watch fucking underground shit i mean it got too popular in the way that i heard way too many fucking people quoting it all the time and i didn't need any more of it in my life (laughs) you know i thought that and i was like i I really put off watching it and all of my friends and the friends who i trust when it comes to media were all like no you need to watch this show and then i started watching it and much like brooklyn 99 which i've also fucking ranted and raved about in my life it started with, I didn't know how much I actually cared about these characters, but it was funny enough that I was willing to give it a few shots. Mm-hmm. And I really quickly like accepted the world that this lives in. And once I, as I, once I got used to the pacing, I was like, oh, this is, this is real smart in its really stupid kind of way. See, I'm to the point right now, I don't think I've heard anybody quote it in about a week and a half. So... In about a month, I'll probably be ready to watch it. I'm having to stop myself from quoting it a lot ever since I watched it, but we've watched like three seasons in a week. There are only seven episodes, so that's not mm. as terrible as it seems, but still, like, we've watched so much fucking Larry Kenny, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we actually know what we're doing next time. We just have to figure out when we're actually recording next time. Either way, in order to listen to it, please hit subscribe however you're listening right now. Best thing you can do for us beyond just doing that is giving us a review. You can give us a star review, whatever. Apparently, higher stars means more people see us. Or you can just message us. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, I think. We're on Twitter. We have a email that I'm sure you remember because I'm blanking it right now. Generalnerdcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up through the website, uh, which is generalnerdcast.com or you can click the links there or go to earworm.com to check out all of the podcasts on the channel, uh, of which there's only currently one other one where you can also hear my voice talk about horror movies. Yep, you can check out Fried Squirms, you can listen to General Nerdery, really do reach out to us. I mean, a lot of you I probably know in person already, but still, for those of you that I don't, I would really love to hear what you think of us, what we can do better. I And podcasting is still pretty new to me, so I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I'd want to hear from you anyway, just because, yeah, you know. Yeah, I like people. I, Especially people I, when I choose how close I want to talk to them. Tolerate people. <laughs> no, I love all. I love all our listeners, though. Our listeners aren't people. They're oh, nerds. My, my dad uh, did a radio show for 20 years with one partner. Uh, and they used to joke about their 19 listeners. And every time I 
think about listeners. I was like, God, I wish we had 19 listeners. And we're actually doing better than that. But like, we're right around that's, there. That's just, mm, it, it, it's fun <laughs> to think about it this way. You can, as we mentioned, find Tyler at Fried Squirms. You can also find me at a non-Earverm podcast called The Art of Wargaming. And you can, of course, find me on Facebook. You can find my art at the art, uh, Thumbs Up The Art of Zach Johnson. Oh, yeah, you can watch me on YouTube if you go look for Just a Friendly Reminder. It's fun. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say right now. I don't want to go on Just a Friendly Reminder. No, nah, well, we still haven't had that day. Uh, in the meantime, we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed! Dismissed.